Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bold Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. Now, before I dive into this week's episode, I wanted to share with you a very, very exciting event that's coming up in February next year. So if you have been following for a while, you will know that in this year, 2023, we have been living in Spain. So my opportunities to see people in real life has been very, very limited. So pretty much the first thing that I wanted to create when I get back to Australia in January is a two-day love-in for business owners. So I am going to be hosting a new event concept for me. It's called the Bold Brilliance Strategy Retreat, and it's happening in Sydney. So it's a two-day non-resident non-residential retreat is that what I would say and it's a super special in-person event and what I'm sharing over these two days is the most golden nuggets from my one-on-one mentoring these are the insights that can change your perspective and your business overnight I'm really seeing this as an immersive experience that will enable you to both see step one and also feel step two the power of your potential and the potential of your business and take real steps towards realizing that potential all with an intimate group of fellow like-minded entrepreneurs. So this is really the event for you if you feel like you're stuck on the hamster wheel of same shit different day in your business and are ready to break out to that next level. If you've maybe been looking to scale for a while and haven't quite gotten that traction you want just yet, you want clarity on how to design your business, or you're in need of a Lorraine-style strategic and energetic kickstart. So this really is going to be the best way to set you up for a kick-arse 2024 in your business. So it's over two days. There are two levels of ticket prices. So there's a standard ticket and also a VIP ticket, which I've never done before and I'm very excited to do. It is happening in mid-February and you can find all the details on my website and I'll also pop a link in the show notes as well. So tickets are absolutely limited on that one because I'm really keen on having an intimate group that I feel like I can give everyone in the group some TLC over those two days. So yeah, jump to the link in the show notes if you'd like to be part of that. I'm really, really looking forward to that one. 
Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. I am so excited to bring you this week's episode because it is with the brilliant Claire Obeid, who was our spiritual guide on my recent Bali retreat. So if you haven't already listened to last week's episode, I shared my perspective and my debrief and kind of stepped you through behind the scenes of what actually happens on retreat. And this week I'm bringing Claire in to chat to me about the, the spiritual and energetic side of the experience. And our intention with this chat is to pass on some of the greatest lessons and insights from the retreat so that you get to learn from it too. And also hopefully help you feel seen for the challenges you may be experiencing yourself in your life and business. So in myself and Claire's chat, we talk about what her role was on the retreat. We talk about the whole idea of space holding. We talk about her miracle mornings and how she creates her sessions. Also why the yoga she teaches is very different to what I think pretty much most guests on the retreat had experienced before. We also chat through the most common challenges and blocks that we observed in the group. So in sharing these, I really hope that you feel, yeah, normal (laughs) if they're challenges that you're experiencing yourself as well. We also talked about, interestingly, how retreats can be a boundary in themselves. Uh, I shared the genius and hilarious motto that I didn't realize Claire also loves when it comes to, to, to boundaries. And we chatted through the difference between guests on day one and day six. And there's one that I share that I really didn't expect to observe, but (laughs) it's pretty superficial, but it's true. And, And also Claire shares not one, but two of the practices that she recommends the most highly for a home practice. So let's jump in to my conversation with Claire Obeid. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So excited. I feel like I'm having all kinds of Bali flashbacks seeing your lovely face again because we haven't seen each other, well, at least on Zoom, oh, well, or in person. We haven't seen each other since we were actually in Bali together. So yeah, this I... is lovely to have this chance to reflect and yeah, a bit, a bit of nostalgia on the amazing experience we had. So thanks for joining. Pleasure. And we will be there soon enough. Six months. I'm counting it already. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. And you and I are both organizing family holidays. So both our husbands are going to be taking the kids over to Bali after we finish retreat. So I think that'll be really lovely to share the experience with them as well afterwards. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. So today I would love, so I've already, everyone listening has already heard, well, not everyone listening, because I wouldn't assume they'd listen to every single episode. So I recorded my episode and I have shared it with listeners around, I guess, my perspective of like the the behind the scenes of the retreat and the experience that we had. And I'm really excited to have you come and share the the spiritual side of the experience. So would you just explain what your capacity, like what capacity were you there in from your perspective on the retreat? Oh, great question. If people were to ask you maybe a year ago, you would have used the phrase, your spiritual guru, but we, uh, we put a stop to that phrase, didn't we? We did. I wasn't allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> I have a spiritual guide now. Yes, spiritual guide. And this is one of the things that I really appreciate about you, including me in these retreats, is because you really understand the way that I can contribute to that group, which is really, Mm -hmm. really special. So I would say that, you know, the actual minute details here is that I'm there for the miracle mornings and for some of the masterclass sessions in the evening. So the miracle mornings involve yoga and breath work and meditation and just a really beautiful grounded start to the day before they are immersed in your beautiful teachings and your wisdom. So I really see that my role, especially in the morning, is to bring them back home into their bodies, help them to integrate and process whatever has unfolded the day before, and then to also just prepare them for whatever is going to unfold for their own personal process and as a group, as a collective as well. 
throughout the rest of the day. And just really basically just to feel good, just to feel luscious, just to move and breathe in a way that perhaps many of these women don't get a chance to do mm. back home on a regular basis. Yeah. And to help them take that back with them, that feeling of morning devotional practice or ritual or movement or breath, take that back with them and see how integral that is to their businesses and their lives and all the beautiful, incredible wisdom that they receive from you and see how it's all actually so necessary to be integrated together. Yeah, I love that. And I'm something I'm really excited about you sharing this story with sharing your experience with listeners is that I know not everyone is in a position to go on a retreat, you know, tomorrow or next year. And what I'm really hoping that listeners get from this is here, even if you weren't at the retreat, that there's some of the learnings and the insights. So almost like that collective experience that our retreat group had, that there's some insights, you know, maybe some of it's just to say, okay, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not weird. Like I'm also having this experience. And so do these women have this experience, but also, you know, for you to share some of the practices, the rituals, you know, what are the things that really helped the group in order for listeners to actually take that into their everyday lives and their miracle morning? And it's yes. funny, we're, you know, we're talking about that feeling luscious because that's exactly how I feel because I was part of all your miracle mornings as well. And you just step off your yoga mat just feeling like, yeah, you're right. It's that sense of just being back home in yourself. And okay. And I'm really, oh my God, that was just such medicine because I don't get to do that particularly now in winter in Spain because I start work so early that there's no space for a miracle no morning. Space. So yeah, you're really making me crave that experience again. So good. And then I think the other piece that you do as well is obviously there's the miracle morning in the morning, but I think, and this is the reason that I flew you from Sydney to be there on the retreat is as well as all your incredible talents around, you know, breath work and yoga and meditation and somatic breath movement and all the incredible things that you do, this incredible toolkit, you're also the best holder of space that I think I've ever seen. So I think that's the other thing as well as, you know, when we had, well, we were, <laughs> I was sharing a story of our lovely guest who got COVID the week before the retreat oh. on my, my episode when I recorded it. You know, we were meant to have 17 guests. You know, that's a pretty sizable group. And and I really want to make sure that everyone feels held. So for me, having a group that size, knowing that you could also be there to, I guess, to carry the group with me felt really good. And it actually was quite organic, wasn't it? That we had two yes. tables every mealtime. And we would almost like organically, I think it's you and I working together in our PR days all those years ago. We would just automatically just each of us would take a table. Yes. <laughs> our little chickens. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just so organic. Tonight? I just look up and go, oh yeah, Claire's on that table. Okay, cool. And I just yes. love the difference in our tables. You and I like laughed so much about this, that deep you the, went. The more that you would laugh and scream and, yeah. and have your table on hysterics, the more deeper and more internal our table would get. Honestly, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just you and I hold two different energies, but I wouldn't instigate it. I would just sit down and be quiet and sit at the yeah. table to hold space. And then the, the deep, very powerful spiritual questions would come at me. And I'm like, okay, this is where we're going tonight. <laughs> and then I would look over and you guys would be making some sort of joke inappropriate about something and in hysterics. Yeah. What is, what are you yeah. doing? Oh, I'm crying laughing. It was so funny because it happened so many times. It was hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, and not the to other scare your there the holder of space. Yes, and not to scare your listeners. It's not that they're always going to have to have really deep, intense conversations with me, but we do hold a balance point, you and I. And I think that's one of the unique things about the way that we work together mm. in these spaces. I was speaking to a friend recently and she said, Why doesn't Lorraine just find a yoga teacher in Bali? There are so many there. And I oh, thought so many. I <laughs> there are so many. And there's so many reasons why it would benefit you. I know that. 
But I said to her, there is a unique way that her and I know how to work together without even needing to discuss certain things. We just know. We know how to be in a space with people and hold them. And we pick up on what's happening emotionally and energetically Mm -hmm. and mentally. We are aware of that and we immediately start to tag team. And there's so much respect between you and I that I know anything you ask of me, I'm more than happy to do that for you and for your beautiful crew and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. it's quite a unique dynamic that I'm not sure many people get on retreat is that the two people them are so in sync and have such a beautiful flow. Yeah. Yeah. I've got goosebumps as you say that because it's, I know you and I talked about Maria there, but it's so true. You know, if you think about the, almost like a business, the business runs off the founder's energy. And I think for you and I, like we're almost like the founders of that experience on retreat and for our dynamic to be so beautiful. I think it has such a lovely halo effect on the entire group and the whole experience. It's yeah, it's It's special. special. Thank you. I just want to touch on that comment that you made about space holding. And it means a lot to me that you flagged that because it's something that I really hold in high regard. When you are bringing people into a space and you're holding them for five or six days and they are there in your care. And even if it's just one hour, holding space for people to me really means being able to see them and create safety and create an environment where they're able to receive what they're meant to receive. Because each woman there comes with a particular vision and an intention for why she's at that retreat. So holding somebody, it's not just being a good listener. It's about the energetic, emotional safety that you create. So it's really important to me at all stages that people feel that they're being met in a really comfortable, safe way and in a way that also they can lean into the people that are caretaking for them, that they know that they are, they're solid, that they can hold them no matter what moves through them, no matter what comes up for them, that they're being held. And on this recent retreat, I saw that ripple out to the whole group. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that group started to hold each other in such a powerful way. It was so it was just magnificent to witness. Mm, it, was. it was so special. Yeah. And you know what a gift that is because we don't all, I mean, I would actually argue, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I would argue that very few women actually have that, those space holders in their lives. And mm. so we may have, you know, husbands who are great listeners or, you know, sisters or friends, but I think to come away on a, you know, whether it's going to a retreat or an event or whatever it might be, with people who don't know you and, and aren't invested in your everyday life, it just means you've got that space for whatever needs to come up and for you to feel safe doing that. Does that make sense? Because it's not going to have some kind of knock-on effect in your a work relationship or a personal relationship. It's all okay. And it's not, and I know you've actually done specific training for people like me, you know, coaches on how to hold space. It's not something that we're ever taught. It's almost like it's like this organic skill that, you know, we... Some of us have and some of us don't, but you know it's not a given that we're going to have it. So, yeah, I think that space holder comment is really powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I agree. So with the Miracle Morning, so just so everyone knows what a Miracle Morning is, and it's a reference to the brilliant book by an author called Hal Elrod, who wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. And he's got his whole kind of structure about what, what a Miracle Morning looks like. For you and I in Bali, it's the cocktail that you somehow managed to create of somatic movement and breath work and yoga. And I touched on in my episode when I was recording it about the retreat around the fact that you actually told me that so much of the traditional yoga traditions like Iyengar and Vinyasa and you know all the 
I'm, I'm trying to think of Ashtanga. They're all designed <laughs> for men's bodies. And, and right. the yoga that you practice, I think, was quite a revelation for a lot of the guests on the, the retreat, as they've been for you know guests on past retreats that you and I have done together as well. It's very different. So that's the kind of the blend. So how do you design those miracle mornings? Because each morning actually felt very different as an attendee from my perspective. That's a really great question. I'm really mindful and knowing your work quite intimately to some degree, I'm really mindful of wanting to help set up your beautiful guests for what you're creating. It's not just, hey, we're doing a movement class or we're breathing and stretching. I'm energetically trying to prime them for Mm. what's to come. So whilst I don't necessarily have 100% insight into exactly what you're creating, I am keeping that in mind when I am curating each class. So for me, it's very much a feeling. What feeling do I want to give them? And it's also looking at our energetic system. So as you may remember, I'm moving through different points of the body. So the womb center for our power and really grounding and connecting to the earth and moving higher up into the heart where we're accessing our dreams and our intentions and our desires. And then moving further up where we start to work with the third eye and the crown chakra, where we are talking more about visioning and getting clarity on our purpose and the way forward. So with that as kind of a loose framework, I then will weave through different practices, different breath work. Everything that I put in there, every tool is intentional to keep working towards that theme, that feeling, that energy. So I do want everybody to also have a very well-rounded experience because if there's one thing that they find, wow, that was incredible, I loved that practice, and that one thing they take home with them, then I feel like my job is done. That they may take practice home and repeat it. Amazing. Incredible. So that's why I try to keep it a little bit varied as well, that not every morning it's going to be sun salutations, inhale, exhale, up, down. They can do that anywhere. Mm, So true. They can go. They've flown all the way over to Bali and they're leaving their family and their lives for themselves. I want them to have an experience that's enriching mind, body, and soul. So these are all the different things that are in my mind when I'm curating these these practices yeah and I think I mean I've seen this happen so many times when you and I have co-created these experiences together where for example we're doing goal setting like visioning and goal setting and the miracle morning that the group has just come from so they come from miracle morning we have breakfast and then we're into my, my morning workshop they're just so primed for it and they you know it's work and it's a kind of a process that I've taken people through probably hundreds of times at this point However, when they have been primed by you, it's like the outcome is so much more potent. It's like they're just ready. It's like all the information is there just at the tip of the, the, the very top of the surface and they just need to boop and it's out. Yeah, it's, that's so it. cool. <laughs> it's so cool to see. It so is so cool. With the group, I kind of feel in a way we had quite a diverse group in terms of, you know, there were people who there who were parents, people who actually everyone was a parent in terms of, I know one person was a step parent. So but there was a very, I mean, it was quite a, you know, a breadth of, you know, age and where people were from and, you know, what kind of businesses they were running. You know, some were running businesses for multi, multi million dollars. Um, others were, you know, a board member, like a very high level board member across multiple businesses. Some were kind of in this kind of, I'm in corporate, I want to make the shift out, but I don't know what that looks like yet. So it, it was a very, and not to say, you know, not to forget, you know, very diverse personalities and, paths you know that they had gotten taken to get to the retreat and so on as well 
And there was something just so cohesive about the group. Like, I know you'll remember that first session, that first workshop that I hosted, which was very much about intention settings and everyone getting to know each other and sharing why they were there. And it was a really big session for for people because there was some big stories shared. And there was something about that group. There were so many commonalities about the challenges. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that people took out of that first session that I hosted around saying, okay, I'm not, you know, I, I'm normal. This is normal that I'm feeling like this because she said this, then she said this, and she said this. What would you see from, I'm asking you more from a the spiritual side of things, I guess, or, or maybe just more broadly as well. What did you see as the kind of three to five most common challenges or blocks that were coming up for the group? It's a really interesting question because I got to know the women from a slightly different perspective from you mm. and also listening to conversations and and hearing things unfold from them. One of the things that I noticed was, a lot of self-doubt that was actually born from their childhood. These things seem to come up when people are in transition. So I would say self-doubt coming up as people in that group were facing transition or change or having to review something that was about to change in their life. So for me, it was really interesting to start to see this common thread between many of the women there facing a next step that they want to embark on or having just stepped forward into something and then also seeing how that was bringing up all of this lack of self-worth, questioning their value, questioning their own ability to show up to these transitions. So that was one of the the main things is this core idea, theme, energy of self-doubt coming through quite a lot. And of course, that coupled with transition. I really noticed that a lot. And I also noticed it in a lot of my one-on-one conversations with people, how this was directly linked to experiences from their childhood that they'd always just kind of spoken about offhandedly, like, oh yeah, this thing had happened. And it only seemed to be at this point in their life that they were starting to realize, wait a minute, this is actually quite a pivotal point in my life. And this is actually now I can see really carried on into who I am today. And I'm noticing it in the way I parent or I'm noticing it in the way I manage my team or I'm I'm noticing it in the way that I step forward in this transition. So that was actually quite an interesting thing. Childhood, self-doubt, transition. It just kind Mm -hmm. of kept happening. And can we be really clear, Claire, and I think you and I are thinking the same thing. This isn't necessarily about, you know, extreme abuse or, you know, traumatic potentially childhood experiences. It's more just the conditioning that we had as children. I just want to kind of make that distinction as well. Yes. And whilst, of course, some of the women in that group may have had quite large experiences that are traumatic, it wasn't so much about processing that. It was more landing on, oh, these little T traumas that we call them, you know, these small everyday occurrences or this lack of understanding for me as a child in this space and how that then filters out into my belief system now as an adult. And this belief system I'm now aware of because I need to transition or I'm ready for a change or I'm hitting a roadblock in my next upgrade. So it was just kind of noticing this thread carrying through, Mm. which sounds much heavier than what it actually is. It's more just a chance for these women to reflect on what they're ready to let go of in order to step into the place that they're ready to step forward to. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite I, I would definitely agree with that. And you know, it was interesting, even I know there's one guest who and she wouldn't strike you as this because she comes across as being super bubbly and very confident and so on. And she was quite choked up quite a few times. Like when I asked her to speak in a session, for example, she would get quite choked up and quite emotional. Yeah. And she messaged me, we were on WhatsApp a couple of weeks ago. And she messaged me saying, I still feel so different after Bali. This is probably like three weeks after she got back. 
she said, I just feel like I've stepped out of the shadows for the first yeah. time probably in my life. Yes. And I was just, I was quite teary when I saw that message. And I just go, what a gift is that for her that she gave herself that she can see that. I think you and I both said like there was so much shit left in Bali, you know, just stuff that doesn't serve us to the group. And, and it's just left behind. And then you actually get to uncover this version of yourself. Yeah. It's magic. That's the only word I can describe it as. It is actually magical. And I think that's a really important point that you said that all this shit was left in Bali because there was one point where I thought, wow, there's a lot of women in this group. This is the first time in a very long time, if ever, that they've actually had a safe place to properly put down this baggage. And some of them maybe have never even spoke about it or even been aware of it. So I want to highlight that, especially for people who know that it's time to do the work, mm. but they don't know when or how, and they don't have the capacity maybe on a more regular basis. This retreat's a really safe, powerful place to do that in a way that doesn't feel exhausting, horrific, overly cathartic. Some people are not ready to go do a three-hour breathwork experience and cry their eyes out in front of everybody in a room and they need a safer and gentler way to step forward into this kind mm. of thing. Yeah, it's so true because I've been on retreats and been in experiences like that where, you know, people are having a huge experience and, yeah, it's not like that. It's much more gentle. You kind of don't really yeah. realise it's happening. <laughs> That's right. It's a bit sneaky. When people do have a process, because they are away from their family life or their business or their everyday domestic duties, and they have a place where they can just sink into the moment and be held by all of these beautiful people who see them and who resonate. Because like you said, on that first day, every single woman shared their story and every single woman there said, I see myself in your story. You're not alone because I'm also there too. To process whatever you're processing in a space like that is really quite rare and unbelievably powerful. To know that you can actually let it all go and cry if you need to or laugh if you need to or whatever it is because it's okay and it's really normal. Yeah. It's really yeah, normal. I love that. And I think also if we add a lens of, you know, the women who were there who are, I mean, yeah, most were business owners, the ones who weren't business owners, a couple were in very, very high responsibility, high ranking corporate roles. Those kind of women, and you know, I would include myself in that kind of category of, you know, you've got to have it buttoned up for everyone else because you've got clients, you've got a team, you've got suppliers, you've got, you know, a family, you've got, you know, there's a lot, <laughs> as I'm talking about this, I can feel that, you know, in me, that buttoned up, like you've got to have your shit together. Like there's no space to drop the balls because then, you know, the kids don't get to school or they don't get to swimming or the proposal doesn't get set to the client. So I think everything you have said, I would just yep. underline it three times with this group of women. It's even more rare that they would get that opportunity to, I guess, come on down or just to put it all down for a while. Yeah. You just don't, I don't get that opportunity often in my life every day. And I know they didn't either. That's actually one of the next challenges I was going to face is yeah. that these women don't actually have or have never given themselves regular opportunity in their life to step out of the masculine. Mm, and yes. Yes. It was mind blowing. It was like, okay, so the feminine is this beautiful, flowy, creative space, but she's also an emotive space and she also needs to process and integrate the experiences that you're having in your life. So a lot of conversations were around, well, how can you go home and take this learning and step more into or create more opportunities to step into your feminine for both the beautiful, incredible side of that, which is the creativity, the beauty, the flow, the magnetism, but also to process 
to process a tough day, to process a challenging time in your family, to give yourself a chance to release and to let the steam off. You know that analogy of when you shake up a soda bottle and if you open it too fast, of course, it spills everywhere versus slowly opening it. Great analogy. To give themselves a chance to do that because otherwise then the feminine, she breaks, Mm. she gets exhausted, she gets sick, she gets overwhelmed, she can't function anymore. And these women don't have the capacity to not function. That's not. It's not an option. It's It's not on the table. (laughs) To witness them and to see that there is this really powerful masculine action, go, go, go energy all the time and to offer them the idea that actually when you rest, when you pause, when you release, you have more power energy capacity to rise. I feel like that was a really powerful takeaway from many of them and a a great reminder for myself as well. Yeah. And I remember when you shared... I think it was the first miracle morning and you talked about, there was someone, you attributed the quote to someone and like, I would love if you could do that because I can't remember who it was. And you said, you know, it's so important for us to rest so we can rise. And that yes. kind of became the the official motto of the yes. whole retreat. We came back to it so many times. We were reciting it by the end. So that's yeah. beautiful. And Taylor Cabaz and she. Yes. Uh, oh, it was Amy, one of your friends. Yeah. I didn't know that's who said it. Yeah. So powerful. It's so powerful and it's so simple, but it makes so much sense, especially when you go on a retreat and you rest and you walk away from that retreat feeling clearer, more aligned, more powerful, more able to rise and actually with a desire to be in your life as opposed to that contracted, resistant feeling. Mm. Four simple words, I rest, I rise, and it really makes sense. It really does. I love that. Thank you. Did you have any other kind of common themes that you could see? I'm loving these. I'm fully agreeing with everyone you're sharing. Oh, there was a lot of recurrent theme around lack of boundaries, both energetic and physical boundaries, Mm -hmm. mental and emotional boundaries, and really allowing many people in their lives to cross those boundaries. And having conversations with a lot of women about what would it feel like for you to hold these really strong boundaries. And that doesn't mean you're a harsh, resistant, unapproachable person, but just starting to get really clear about what you want to let into your experience, your work, your life, your family, and where you're willing to be flexible and where you're not willing to be flexible. And just really presenting that idea to a lot of women was so fascinating for them to realize, wow, I'm literally on and open all the time on and open all the time. One and of the guests messaged me another WhatsApp message. <laughs> How funny is the WhatsApp group? Yeah, hilarious. I think we're all still in it. <laughs> we're all still in Valley. As in just so much conversation. And I actually, she said to me on WhatsApp, a couple of weeks after, it was the week after the retreat actually said, you know what, I've really realized how much shit I was putting up with. Yep. And I, I think what you're saying is so powerful. I actually sent this to a friend who's having a bit of a tough time at the moment. I sent her a message on WhatsApp and I said, it's a Danielle Laporte quote, which I don't know if you've heard before, but Danielle said, wide open heart, big fucking fence. I know it well. <laughs> and that's it. That's exactly what you're speaking to. That's exactly what I'm speaking to. So that came up a lot. That was a challenge that I noticed for a lot of the women especially getting to the retreat and kind of going, wow, I literally break myself at home and in work to be the yes person to everybody. And I don't want to be. And actually I don't need to be. Mm. Yeah. I think that was a really powerful one. Can we just explore something for a second as well around almost for some of the group coming on the retreat 
like just committing to the retreat and, and leaving, you know, business and home. That was a boundary that they created in itself, you know, and there was women there who didn't think they could ever do that. They didn't think they could leave their laptop at home for, you know, six days or they couldn't leave their their partners and their kids for six days and they did it. So I think yeah. there's something powerful in that, isn't there? It's like realizing, oh, I did this. What else could I create for, for myself? Yes. I mean, I even had a realization of that moment. I think you might remember my husband sent me a little video of my son starting his first orientation for kindy. Yes. And I remember, you know, just feeling so moved by that moment. And you said to me, Lorraine, thank you for being here. I know this is really big. Mm. And I remember thinking it's actually not because I've worked really hard over the years to hold my boundary and to take back the things that I'm really passionate about and to prioritize myself and my work that even though I'm not there for his first orientation, I'm going to be there for the next four and he's <laughs> with his daddy and it's okay. He's okay and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It was actually a really powerful moment for myself to realize I've done a lot of work on boundaries for the last few years and I can feel the payoff of that. Yeah. I can really Because it's that. a gradual process, isn't it? It's not like you create a boundary and then 24 hours later, you're like, bing, everything's great, like a microwave. It's a gradual process. I love, love that you shared that story from your perspective as well. Yeah. I remember thinking that, well, thank you for saying that because now I've just realized I'm really okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What difference, I'm so excited to ask you this question. What difference did you see in the group from day one when they arrived on that Monday afternoon to when they left on the Saturday afternoon? Oh, that's such a hard one because I wish I could just put you in my head and show you what I see. But then again, you can see that too. I want to say the word bright. There was so much more brightness and lightness and color and energy in all of them. And at the same time, it wasn't like this wild, chaotic firework energy. It was still Yes, yeah, yes. It wasn't adrenalized. Does that make sense? Yes, it wasn't fuzzy. It was just alive and bright, like all the lights were switched on, but really grounded and really connected. Mm. And it just was so beautiful to witness this equal softening and enlivening yes yes both in the way that they look but also in the way that they were carrying themselves and how they felt and just I feel like I want to say they also found a a really powerful respect for themselves Mm -hmm. and for each other you know kind of falling back in love with yourself that's kind of how it felt watching them there was just a really that's true And, you know, it's funny you said that because I'm trying to put language on it. You know, I'm thinking of a few faces in particular, just saying they looked, they physically looked so different. I mean, one of them, I said, you honestly look like you're 20 years younger. I'm not even joking. And we have to do them before and after pictures next time. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. Definitely. So Monday afternoon when people arrive next in May, they come, we take a pre before photo. And I thought like a little video of just like them speaking. And then afterward, we're definitely doing that. That would be so powerful for them. They looked like they were in love. You know that I, I had a session. It's so lovely. One of my mentees, she lost her husband a few years ago. And then she was in a relationship which has been finished for two and a half years, but she's still kind of unpacking the kind of the finer details of that. And I had a Zoom with her yesterday and she looked so happy. Like I hadn't, this is like a, she's, we wouldn't work together on a consistent basis. So I hadn't actually seen her for quite a while. And I just like, you look so happy. And then about 20 minutes in, so she shares, I've met someone. And she just, that love look. Oh my God, she's so happy. It made me so happy seeing her so happy. And it's interesting you said that falling back in love with themselves. I feel like that's what everyone looks like. They were just in the first flush of love. 
as yep. but a more I like what you said not that you know that lost that you know I can't sleep I can't eat stage but that just that real knowing and solidness in themselves that stage of love yes yeah. yes Man, it was really wow. beautiful and they, they all just seemed almost not ready to go back to the cooking and the business and the cleaning or anything like that but more ready to be in life without mm. the weight <clears throat> that they were carrying before there was a lightness and there was also an energy of willingness I'm willing now to hold my boundaries I'm willing yes. now to prioritize myself I'm willing now to wake up and do my own miracle morning I'm willing now to journal through my blocks and set my intentions there was a willingness that I felt perhaps maybe a lot of them maybe weren't so connected to at the beginning mm. yeah that's yeah. so true I've just read uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's autobiography, which is incredible. Like, I feel like she's just getting smashed in the press where it's just about her marriage. It's about so much more than that. It's really, really fascinating story. And she said something that one of her gurus shared with her is this question. And I've been mulling it over ever since. I'm like, I'm pondering it. The question he asked her was like, Jada, are you willing to be willing to be willing? And I've been really sitting on that. I think it's so powerful. Yeah, it's so many layers to it. The other thing, Anna, this is so completely superficial, but I just thought everyone looked so much skinnier. <laughs> I said it to one of them. I was like, have you lost loads of weight in the last three days or something? And yet we oh, ate all the time. Oh, we ate so much food and so much beautiful food. But she's like, she's like, you know what? I think I have, but I, I actually realized, I think it was like an energetic skinniness. Does that make sense? Yes. Like just yes, where you've yes. shared the shit that you don't need, the heavy energy, the mindset blocks, the self, you know, all the crap was gone and people physically looked skinnier. (laughs) It's no sense, but I think it was an energetic lightness to them. So as I said, I'm really, you know, this is igniting listeners' interest in going on a retreat, you know, whether it's with me or a health retreat or with a friend or whatever it might be, I'm, I'm really excited for that because I think we haven't said it, but we've said it is just the need to stop you know, for yes. every woman and just have this opportunity just to stop, you know, even if it's a day or two, you know, whatever you can make happen, please do make happen. And the reason I'm so passionate about hosting retreats like this is I know the power myself of what it feels like to be on a retreat. I did my retreat to Ibiza in July and you know, there's so, I needed that stop. And I'm already thinking about what's, what's my retreat experience going to be in 2024. But what I really want people to also get from this conversation with you, Claire, is, you know, some ideas, some practices, some tools that they can then apply in their own life. So obviously they should definitely go follow you because you share so much incredible, you're so generous with your knowledge around your space. What would you say, you know, of all the different practices that you wove together for the group in Bali in October, what would you Mm -hmm. say is the number one practice that would really help them keep that Bali bliss alive at home? I know that's a really hard question. Yeah. You're asking me to choose one of my babies. Yes. The number one, I can't, I'm just telling you now, I'm a quadruple air sign. I can't give you one. So I will start with the the top. Actually, I'm going to make it really simple. And it's going to sound like something they've probably heard many, many times. And that is find a space somewhere in your house, a little nook, if that's all you've got, and create a little altar, place some cards on there if you like them, and some incense and a cushion. And I don't care what you do at that spot, but set the intention that every day you will sit there, even if it's just for five minutes and you'll light a candle or some incense and pull a card or write in your journal, or maybe you just sit there and you close your eyes and you just take a few deep breaths because it's the first time that you've stopped. Just create a place, even if it's in the corner of your office, where you can stop and sit and be and do 
nothing for five minutes. Just pause and place it somewhere where you can't ignore it, somewhere that has a magnetic pull to you so that you have to pay attention and you have to go there and stop. That's really the first thing because everything trickles down from that. When you sit and you come into communion with yourself, maybe you start taking a few deep breaths and that feels really great. And then maybe you start to bring in a really easy breathwork practice that you've learned somewhere or that you've learned on retreat with us. And maybe that's all you do is you sit and you breathe and you pull a card and you write in your journal or none of that. That's really the first thing that I would suggest. If I had to choose any other tool outside of that, I would say, because it's so easy to learn, even on your own, even without me, I would say, find a breathwork practice that's really simple and learn how to do EFT. Because the number one thing that I want all women especially to remember is that, yes, it's great to go to a healer and your chiro and your kinesiologist and your acupuncturist. I'm a big fan. But what about the simple daily maintenance? And what about the easy ways that we have so available to us to just shift and clear emotion or energy that feels heavy or to clear your mind when it's full of a lot of junk? There are so many ways for us to look after ourselves. And to me, the quickest way to do that is to breathe, to breathe intentionally and properly and to experience EFT tapping. And you did, you did a, a mini tapping masterclass at the retreat. I think that was, yeah, that, that was really powerful. And that's, you know, I love that you shared tapping because I love what you shared because I feel like I've, without meaning to, I followed your advice. So in our house in Spain, where we're living at the moment, not for much longer, we've got a, a rooftop and there's a, a covered area in the middle of the rooftop. And that's my little meditation spot. And I've never had that before. And it's my happy place. But you know what it does? I think I shared this with the, the group as well. Having that place, and I wrote a Monday Mentor about this a while ago, it gives me a psychological space, if that makes sense. Like to know it's there. There's something about just knowing that that little haven is there that helps me feel calm even when I'm not there. It's really, yeah. I don't know what the kind of psychology of that is, but but it's definitely a thing. And tapping, incredible. You know, I've leaned on that very, you actually got me onto tapping many, many years ago. So I love that. And how would you suggest people get into tapping, Claire, if it's something that's completely new to them? Honestly, you can Google and on YouTube, you can Google videos. There's so many tapping um, videos on YouTube. It's ridiculous. It's so many. Look, if you're using tapping for something bigger to heal trauma or to process something, then of course I advise working with a practitioner. But if you're wanting to use tapping just to shift a little bit of stress that you're feeling in your system or to calm yourself down before a presentation, it's so easy to find a little five-minute video. You type in tapping and maybe what you're feeling and something will come up. Honestly, yeah. it's that simple. Brilliant. People complicate it. They want to understand it more than they need to. Yeah, and truly, I think just sometimes having a beginner's mindset and also not knowing too much can help you to really feel the effects a lot more because your mind's not in the way. You're just trying it. And then five minutes go by and you realize, oh, wow, I don't feel nearly as stressed as I did five minutes ago. Okay, great. It worked. Fantastic. Yeah. Love that. And you don't need to pay anyone. You just do it. Yeah. So I had only ever done tapping myself. And then yeah. I actually had a session with a practitioner on my Ibiza retreat. So she's actually so cool. She's the most magical woman. Her name is Shambhala. She's like in her seventies. I'm like, I just want to be like you when I'm in my. 70s. Oh my god! She's yes, incredible. please. Can I be Shambhala? In I 70s? adore Shambhala, and I did a session with her. And to be honest, I was a bit like, oh, I probably don't. You know, I've done tapping before, but I had breakthroughs in that session. She yes. honestly changed my life in sixty minutes. And I know that's a bit. I know I'm prone to exaggeration, but she did. 
you know, and, and it's a place I would never have gotten to if I was left to my own devices, <laughs> tapping at home. So I would say it's definitely worth when you feel like there's something that you do want to work through to, to work with someone like you, because it's incredible. The thing is, when you're working with a tapping practitioner is that they can read things that are unfolding on your face, in your body yes. language field. When you're doing it for yourself, you'll naturally pull yourself away from anything that feels yeah, too sticky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. when I couldn't talk anymore, like I said, <laughs> yeah. I was just was crying so much that I had yeah. such a huge release, which I've never had myself. I've had like a few tears, but not like this level. Like she just came and tapped for me. Like she spoke until I was recovered. Like You're right. It's almost like at the gym, I would get to a certain level of, okay, this is really tough. I can't go further. Whereas my PT yeah. will actually, he'll get another five reps that. out of me or he'll put the weights up. I would never go to that place if it wasn't for him. And it's actually quite similar, I think, with a tapping practitioner. Very similar. Yes, it's yeah. very similar. I could talk to you all day. I know. Even so, you can still just start doing it at home for five minutes. Just that's it. Five minutes of tapping. Yeah. But I think YouTube videos are gold. I know we've got a friend in common, Rach McDonald, and I know she's a big fan of the, the YouTube tapping videos. Yes. And you can do like, you know, tapping for abundance or tapping yep. for anxiety or, you know, tapping for whatever you want to do. Take, raise your vibration. I used to do it every single morning for tapping for exhaustion when I was yeah. sleep deprived. I would do it and I'd feel like, oh my God, I feel like I've just had a coffee. Yeah. I yeah. Can do this again. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Like your, your own body's medicine cabinet almost. And That's if exactly. people want to know more about your work with you, what can they do with you? Okay. So first come visit me, clarabate.com. I'll pop all these links in the show notes as well. Thank you. They can book in for one-on-one Palladian Lightwork sessions, which is a lot of energy healing work where I do readings and healings. You can connect with me in the temple space where I hold ceremony each month, which is a really beautiful feminine space. So the best way is just to find me on the website and hang out on Instagram. Come say hi. Thank you, my love. Loved the time with you. And yeah, bring on Bali. So I should obviously say as well, we're doing it again. Yes. In May next year. So last week of May, so 27th of May to the 1st of June. And yeah, I think it's just going to be so much more fun even again this time because we've already done all the thinking and the planning and we're going to have Sam there who you are going to love, Yay. my operations manager. I was explaining in a podcast episode, that my Bali episode, Sam is like the perfect, she's like 50% absolute operator in terms of operations and logistics, every detail covered, like she's insane. But then the other 50% is full woo-woo. <laughs> You're going to connect so beautifully. I'm really excited. Like the, tr- the trifecta, the three amigos in Bali next year. So, so thank special. you, my love. Thank you for being part of this episode as well and, and sharing the thank incredible you. gifts that you have for the world. And um, yeah, I'll pop all the links to your places in the show notes so people can come find you and connect with you as well. And thank you for trusting me with your beautiful community and your world. I'm always, so always. Thank you, my love. Oh, I loved having that conversation. I really hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, it was just such a joy to drop back into that Bali space. And as Claire and I said, the, the energy that we create together, it's pretty magical. So you can find Claire on her website, which is claireobede.com, or you can find her on Instagram, which is at claireobede and one underscore on, on her handle. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you got lots of nuggets from it. You know, And as I said last time, whether you're planning a self-guided retreat, a retreat with me or with someone else, I really hope that you there's lots of food for thought for you as you, as you plan your experience. If you do want to come on retreat with me, your next opportunity is in May ah, next year. So we're going to be hosting the very same experience again from the 27th of May to the 1st of June. It's a Monday to a Saturday. And you can find out more and book your retreat at my website. So lorrainemurphy.com.au forward slash retreat hyphen 2024. You'll find it on my homepage as well. And the link is in the show notes too. 
So next week, I am bringing you part three of this mini series. We have got my healer in residence, Jimmy Doyle, who has also been one of my most popular past guests on the show. He is coming back for another conversation. And just quick reminder again about my two-day business strategy retreat that I'm hosting on the 13th and 14th of February next year. It's called Bold Brilliance. It's happening in Sydney and you can find out more on my website on that one as well. And again, link in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining today. Looking forward to coming back with Jimmy next week. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.